presented by Amazon. Hey there, I'm Playbook Editor Mike Tabonis. Happy Monday. To kick off the week, I'm joined by Playbook co-author Rachel Bade for today's Playbook Daily Briefing. Today is one of those weeks on Capitol Hill that we just relish here at Playbook. There's a shutdown deadline at the end of the week, and Congress has to figure out how they're going to fund the government. Rachel, can you just give us an update with what's going on? Sure. Uh, Also, speak for yourself about relishing. I relish the holiday season and want to spend time with my family, but... Uh, if they continue to not have a funding deal, we could see Christmas uh, spoiled this year. So woohoo. Um, so late last night, we saw a statement from Senate Appropriations Chairman Patrick Leahy uh, about government funding. He basically said that Democrats are going to be scrapping this plan they had originally outlined to introduce their own Democratic spending proposals uh, today on Monday. And what that was signaling was that these bipartisan talks, because you obviously need uh, 10 senators in uh, the upper chamber to go around the filibuster and get spending uh, passed and avert any sort of shutdown. Basically, they've decided they're not going to introduce these bills. Uh, So what that tells us is that there has been progress of some sort between Republicans and Democrats to try to come up with an agreement. And this sort of comes after days, weeks, really, uh, of both parties at this stalemate. Uh, Republicans don't want to give Democrats the money they want for non-military domestic spending in this package. They want to sort of play hardball, knowing that Democrats are really desperate right now to get something passed, realizing they're going to lose the House next year. This is sort of the last chance they have to enact a lot of these fiscal priorities. So we'll see if they can iron out those uh, disagreements. Otherwise, we'll be here on Christmas. And we should note that, uh, you know, there's reasons for Republicans to want to get a deal here, too. Uh, The alternative is either they pass what we call an omnibus, a full year appropriations bill that sets new funding levels, sets new priorities, new policies, or they do what you know what we call a CR, which basically kicks the can. And what's being discussed right now is you could kick the can just a couple months and potentially set up another shutdown fight in you know February or March with uh, Republican Congress. And it seems pretty clear that you know not even the people who will be involved. You know the Republicans who will be involved in this Republican Congress necessarily run, want that. Is that? what you're saying, Rachel? Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely true. Both sides think they have leverage here. Um, and, you know, publicly, we've seen Democrats like Kevin McCarthy play hardball and say, look, we're going to have the House. We should wait to do a full omnibus um, until next year when we have more leverage and power in the lower chamber to, 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 to sort of get what we want. But the reality is that Republicans know, even though a lot of them are not saying this publicly, they'll say it privately, that any sort of fight early next year is going to be totally chaotic for Republicans, specifically because they have such a slim margin in the House. And you're already hearing conservatives talk about wanting to potentially shut the government down in order to get certain things um, and to sort of roll back a bunch of Democratic priorities that have been enacted in recent years. So, you know, Democrats, I think they know that Republicans, even though they're playing hardball publicly, they're eager to have this whole fight over with just as much as they want to have it done by the end of the year as well. So, yeah, both sides uh, definitely using their leverage and sort of playing chicken right now. One other thing to watch uh, as we're sort of uh, waiting for these 
bipartisan negotiations to play out. McConnell's going to get grilled by a bunch of conservatives in the Senate when conservatives who, a lot of them who opposed him to be leader of the next Congress, they're going to be sort of pushing the leadership to an adopt, adopt a Republican agenda and to use critical must-pass bills to sort of take a harder line. So basically at this time where McConnell and a bunch of Republicans are trying to strike this bipartisan deal on spending, they're going to also be getting heat from conservatives to uh, perhaps not even do that. And so we we should keep an eye on this because it could, you know, derail any sort of talks that are going on right now. And just to be clear, we don't expect an omnibus to pass by the end of the week, but we do expect some sort of short term, maybe a one week bill that will give them time to put all put a larger bill together and ruin our holiday plans. Well, speak for yourself, Rachel Babe. My (laughs) holiday plans are reading a 5000 page omnibus bill and being totally happy about it. An editing playbook. Yay, because we are here every day. That's right. 365 days of year. That is our commitment to you, dear reader. Other things that we're keeping an eye on this week, uh, on Tuesday, the House Financial Services Committee will be holding a hearing on the collapse of the FTX cryptocurrency exchange, uh, including a special guest appearance by Sam Bakeman-Fried, the founder and former CEO of FTX, and who is now being sort of recognized as the Bernie Madoff of his time. Uh, and he has agreed to testify in front of Congress. Rachel, what are we expecting from this? Yeah, this is going to be a, a hearing with a bunch of fireworks, I'm sure. This is one of those rare areas where Democrats and Republicans both have an interest in doing actual investigative work and oversight on a bipartisan basis to sort of find out how all this money just all of a sudden disappeared right after the election and how this sort of Uh, financial disaster happened at FTX. So next year, obviously, we're going to see a lot of Republicans being investigating Biden, Biden administration. This is just going to be one of those areas. And I think, you know, this first hearing on this matter, it's just going to be just that, the first uh, of many hearings to come. And it's just going to be that rare bipartisan oversight uh, issue that we'll have to continue to watch. Yeah. And, you know, I think there is a partisan aspect of this in that, you know, Sam Bankman-Fried, also known as SBF, uh, sort of became known as this sort of Democratic liberal mega donor. So there, at the outset of the FTX disaster, uh, there were a lot of Republicans sort of seeing some partisan advantage in in this and playing up his role as a as a donor to Democrats. You know, that that's kind of faded somewhat. I think, the, particularly as it's become clear that you know other um, uh, people involved in FTX, uh, not necessarily SBF, but some other executives donate, certainly donated heavily to Republicans. And there's been reporting that SBF himself uh, sort of engaged in, in so-called dark money donations to Republican groups. So I would not be surprised to see him get pressed on those donations somewhat. But to me that, you know, you know, we have heard quite a bit, actually, from from Sam Bakeman fried over the last month or so clearly against the advice of his attorneys, has engaged in numerous uh, press interviews uh, where he's given various accounts and narratives about what he knew and when he knew it, none of which I think are coming as um, especially uh, satisfying to anybody. So 
to me, Rachel, the interesting thing isn't what he's going to say because he's said so much al already. It's what are these members of Congress going to say? Um, what can we expect from these 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 people on on this committee? Who you know, a lot of them have been fairly involved in the crypto space, and you know, a lot of them have been, frankly, sort of advocates for it, and they've been you know rooting for this industry that uh, I think a lot of you know, everyday Americans like have a lot of skepticism about. Yeah, I would also say people should watch uh, Patrick McHenry, who is the ranking Republican on this panel. He's going to be chairman uh, next Congress. And so how he sort of handles this will sort of highlight and foreshadow how he's going to be doing oversight over this industry uh, in the next few months. Yeah. And I would say Patrick, McHenry, you know, he's a guy who's done a lot uh, and built a lot of relationships in the so-called fintech space with, you know, sort of innovators, you know, startups that are aimed to disrupt the, the financial industry. And he, he has certainly been curious uh, about the crypto world. Um, but he, I, you know, it's my sense that he hasn't really gotten out there, you know, as far as some, some other members, you know, just this past week, Tony Rahm at the Washington Post did a big story on Tom Emmer, the NRCC chair is how he's best known to play with readers, but he's also been a big advocate and enthusiast in the crypto world and said some pretty flattering things about Sam Bankman-Fried. So I am personally wondering exactly how Tom Emmer, who is a member of this committee, uh, is going to engage in his questioning of this guy that he heaped praise upon not all that long ago. Yeah, I should go find him on the Hill today. <laughs> um, also on Tuesday, uh, kind of a, a, an amazing historic moment uh, at the White House where President Joe Biden will be signing the Respect for Marriage Act. The the bill passed just this past week by the House, enacted into law, protecting uh, same-sex marriages, interracial marriages from further federal intervention Rachel, just reflect on this moment and what it means and, you know, where we've come on this issue. I mean, you don't have to go back uh, too many years to find Democrats even divided on this issue. I mean, I, I'm remembering when Joe Biden, uh, as vice president, came out and said he supported same-sex marriage at the time. Even Barack Obama hadn't said that. And so, you know, just in a few years, we have seen this sort of huge shift in the electorate of uh, voters who 100% support the right for uh, gay couples to marry. And that has obviously trickled up, I would say, uh, to lawmakers here on the Hill. We saw a lot of Republicans in both chambers, I think almost 40 Republicans in the House ultimately backed this bill. Uh, and it just shows, you know, how quickly uh, society can change and, and see that change uh, enacted in law. Absolutely. And it's it's just going to be quite a spectacle at the White House. We'll see, you know, who all is surrounding Biden as, you know, the, and who gets the pens. We always need to know who gets the pens when they sign these big bills. Um, but it's going to be quite a crowd. I expect it's going to be a bipartisan crowd and we'll be watching. Last thing I wanted to mention, Rachel, is it's we're obviously getting closer to Christmas. It's holiday party season. What's on your agenda next week for holiday parties? Any particular ones you're looking forward to attending? Well, speaking of the week, uh, HBO tonight is going to be um, having this documentary premiere of Nancy Pelosi's daughter, who basically did a bunch of videos of her mom over the years in critical moments. I'm going to be going to that tonight, so I'm, I'm really excited to see that footage. Um, and uh, the public at large will see that at some point here in the future. And then uh, Politico, we have uh, 
our own parties, obviously, as you know, Mike. Uh, I'm sure you're picking out your outfit and who you're going to wear. Um, and at these uh, the party on Friday, we're going to be giving a major Politico award. Who is the most valuable playbooker of the year? Uh, who's the most valuable Politico of the year? Uh, it's going to be fun, and I'm going to be presenting it. So I'm going to make sure my dress is awesome. Uh, I'm sure it will be, and I'm afraid that I will leave everyone in suspense. You have to wait for my red carpet moment. I'm uh, hoping you come as Santa Claus, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I, if only I had the, the, the Santa suit ready to go, but... You know, I got to keep it in, in reserve for actual Christmas. Mm. So, yes, indeed. okay, Rachel, we got to go. Thanks for coming on. I'm Mike DeBonis. I'm Playbook's editor. Be sure to subscribe to the Playbook newsletter if you haven't. Politico.com slash Playbook. Our music is composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Thanks for listening. All employees should have the opportunity and tools to grow their careers, regardless of where they start. That's why Amazon offers 10 different programs designed to help employees advance their careers and move into higher paying roles within Amazon. Learn more at aboutamazon.com.